What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Beast Mode podcast. My name is Aaron Bees. I'm a wife, a mom, a military veteran, and I spent 13 and a half years in multi-level marketing, healed my way out of it, and now I am using all of my social media platforms along with this podcast to raise awareness around the dangers of multi-level marketing and exposing the tactics that some of these people that are involved in the companies use to try and recruit people, sell overpriced products, those types of things. I'm super excited today because my friend Karina is here and we have, we have a lot to talk about. Karina is a mama. She is an incredible uh, Latina and she has an anti MLM channel also on YouTube. And she does a lot of stuff within the anti MLM community uh, movement. And I'm just really excited. So Karina, in case people have no idea who you are, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Hi. So first off, I'm a little bit nervous, even though Erin is my friend, because I don't think I've done a couple of projects like this, but nothing like this. Uh, But my name is Karina. I am a bilingual uh, creator, anti-MLM creator. I'm one of the handful of uh, bilingual creators on YouTube and on a little bit on Instagram, but mostly on YouTube. And my goal here is to translate, I feel like that's my niche, to translate all of the knowledge that has already been passed on to me for my people that don't have access to it in Spanish. I am also a mom and a wife and I am very spicy, so beware. (laughs) It's my favorite. When we're texting back and forth and I'm like, listen, we're gonna have to let the Mexican out. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. For those of you that are like, what are you talking about? If in case you didn't know, I'm actually part Mexican. I know that I don't look like it. I know that I look very weta, but I am not. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, we're the last podcast that I did, and, and Karina and I were just talking about this, was with somebody that their parent was involved in MLM. And it's actually a perspective that's been coming up a lot lately. And I'm really excited to for, to just to hear Karina's story you know, around this, she was not involved in an MLM, but she watched a lot of her family members. And especially with the, um, the Hispanic community and what we know about Herbalife and how, in my opinion, they target the, uh, Hispanic community. And I think it's disgusting and it's heartbreaking. Um, and so I am excited to hear a little bit about you and your story. So I don't know, where do you want to start with this? I guess we can start at the beginning. Um, I actually have memory of seeing MLM products all around our home since I can remember. Uh, I have been around Jafra. That's a really old one. I don't know if that's, it was a makeup one, but I don't know if that's still a thing. Avon, Mary Kay, Herbalife, Princess House, Tupperware, uh, I believe Royal Prestige is one. I'm not completely mm-hmm. sure, but that's also like pots and pans. And then I'm pretty sure there's some more, but those are just the ones that I can remember from the top of my head. And I didn't know what an MLM was until recently. I think it was when this whole panorama started that yeah. I started accidentally consuming anti-MLM content. And at that same time, my best friend of 20-ish years uh we're we're friends since 2001 so she actually joined Monet and so I started Mm -hmm. informing myself more because I had already at this point seen a few horror story videos from I believe Chelsea and um Deanna and I was like I don't want this for her I don't want this for her so I'm gonna I'm gonna research a little bit and then I'm going to pass on the information on to her it ended up being a really big fight it still makes me very emotional to think about yeah and I think like that was the thing that sent me over the edge of okay I am 100% anti-MLM and I want nothing to do with this and our people don't have this information that all the English speakers have yeah. I have to do something about this and at that time I didn't know about other great creators like Blanca and Gladys and Vanessa so I didn't know they've been around way longer than I have I think I started it's going to be a year in December I believe mm-hmm. is it in I don't know it was the whole W5 thing was going on um 
So I started like translating little things here and there. And now I'm just like in my everyday life, they're like, Hey, do you know about this? I'm like, yes. And this is what you should know about this. And I just, I feel like my goal is just to make all the information that's already out there a lot more accessible because I grew up again around a lot of these companies. So. Yeah. And I think that that's a voice that is really, really, really important. Just like you said, there's a lot of English speaking anti-MLM content, but as far as like Spanish speaking and other languages for that matter, because MLMs are, are worldwide, you know? Um, and so it, I don't know why this is coming up, but if you guys are listening and you are somebody that speaks other languages and you have experiences um, within multi-level marketing companies, or even if it's, you know, you watched loved ones join company after company, I can only imagine what my what my daughter could say on a podcast or something like that, you know, but if you are somebody that speaks multiple languages, you know, we, uh, we need you within this movement for sure. So absolutely. Yeah. So you grew up with all kinds of MLM products around the house, probably lots of parties happening. I mean, we're Hispanic, so we throw parties all the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> going to sure. one later. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Actually, um, I remember them doing like the Loteria, but for to win um, Tupperware or Princess House or uh, makeup, whatever it was, you know, Mary Kay at the time. Yeah. But I feel like the reason why I haven't, and I always mention this, the reason why I personally haven't fallen to the victim of one of these companies is because my mom always like raised me up to be like, listen, if it looks too good and it sounds too good, it's probably too good to be true. So look into it. And I remember my mom being that mean lady who told her sister, uh, one of my aunts, who is her older sister, was like, oh, look, now I'm selling this. You want to check it out? Do you want to join under me? Blah, blah, blah. And my mom will be like, use the product. And whenever I see a change on your skin, a change on your weight, or whatever, when I see your results and that you're doing well financially, I'll join you. So my mm-hmm. mom was always that, that B, you know, like she was like, no, we're not doing that. Like she would support her by going to the parties and stuff, yeah. but she would be like, it's a, it's going to be an all for me dog. That was her <laughs> all the time. I and love that. that's just how blunt she is, you know, but I feel like some of the stories that, that uh, stick out the most to me are the ones when that particular aunt, my mom's oldest sister, it's nine of them, by the way. So wow. Yeah, so I've seen a lot of companies come through our family, and um, one of the main stories that sticks out to me is, uh, I think there was like a family emergency in Mexico, she's from Guerrero, or more specifically Acapulco, which is like a tourist area, Mm -hmm. Uh, she had to leave because her in-laws were having health issues, and there was no one to take care of them, so her, her kid, and her husband picked up and just left in like an emergency kind of fashion wow. and um, she left me and my, and my mom in charge of cleaning out her house they were like hey you got to clean out our house and uh, make sure it's like livable so we can rent it out and my mom was like yeah for sure whatever you need you know it was an emergency so we were cleaning out her house this was a three-bedroom house with a giant walk-in closet that was like an entire hallway almost so it was easily like a uh maybe like a three by six or seven foot closet wow and it was full of MLM products oh my god yes more particularly Mary Kay that gave me goosebumps yes (laughs) and more specifically um uh Mary Kay but Mary Kay expired products packaging that didn't even exist anymore oh my god yes she had Tupperware, she had, uh, again, Princess House, she had Herbalife, but mostly it was expired stuff that we couldn't even like sell at the swap meet or yeah. anything because she was like, get rid of it and send us the money because right now we need it, obviously. And I remember it took us a good like four or five months to get rid of what was sellable with my mom. And um, I think that's one of the things that sticks out to me the most. Yeah, the loss that she experienced from the expired product that is sitting in her or that was sitting in her closet, that is so heartbreaking. And it's something that we see in pretty much all MLM companies, maybe not all of them, but uh, let me say the majority of them, there is definitely undue influence around ordering the new product or stocking up and selling, you know, to people that may want it, but don't want to order from the website, or there's all these different scenarios 
Um, and I think it's really, really sad. And that's why we uh, always talk about profit and loss statements, because I think that people don't see that in the MLM. They think that they're doing the right thing. This is an investment. This is me taking my business seriously, you know, because that's what a lot of the leaders in the companies tell them, you know, get the, get the product, get to the event, you know, and all those things cost money, obviously. And so if we can get them to do a profit and loss statement with their accountant, which I hope that many of them have, or we're just doing for themselves. My hope is that people will start to see, hey, I'm spending more that's coming in because I know firsthand those checks coming in are very deceiving. Just because you have money coming in and, and the majority of people we know, according to the FTC, don't, don't make any money or they lose money. But for the people that are getting some sort of a check, it's very, it's very deceiving because the majority of that money is either going right back out to product, events, coaching, all kinds of stuff that they don't even realize. So it's, it's just heartbreaking when I hear stories like that. And it happens every day. It happens every day. Sadly, yeah, and I feel like in our community, uh, at least, it, it has a lot, a lot to do with people going to it with good intentions, and I feel like a lot of people do, you know, um, and because they see it work for someone, they think yeah. it's going to work for them, and they, they're like, oh, well, they wouldn't steer me wrong. It's very much a tight-knit community, mm -hmm. so if someone, you never expect anyone to steer you wrong and just to make some profit off of you. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's why my people tend to fall more, more for these types of businesses because they feel like, oh, this is easy money. And especially because a lot of us, I know I myself am a stay-at-home wife. I don't work. Aside from like YouTube and stuff, I consider that my work, which right now I'm taking a break, but that's a different story for another day. <laughs> yeah. um, I, um, I, I, I would love to you know like get monetized and help my husband out and and bring something other than just housekeeping or like the you know keeping the house pretty much and keeping my child alive to this yeah. home you know I would like to feel like hey I'm helping so I get that I completely get that like my mom was always stay-at-home mom my aunts have always been stay-at-home moms it's like a very Mexican I hate to say it but it's a very Mexican thing if you're not a um, stay-at-home mom you're not a good Mexican mom mm. and it just sucks you know so I feel like this is why that's another one of the reasons why our people fall prey to these types of businesses quote unquote. yeah yeah you know and I think that there are people in MLM that are making money, a small percentage of people that are making some sort of, of income. And because they are making a little bit of income, I really feel like when they are a part of a demographic, a community, you know, they, especially the, a community where the relationships are everything. And that's one thing that we know about the Hispanic community is that relationships are everything. Um, and so I, I don't think that there are, are there people that take advantage of those relationships? Yes. But I also think within these different demographics that there are people that really feel like they're helping people they They really are saying, Hey, I'm making this much. And if, if I, if I can do it, you can, I, on the flip side of that, I think that there's always going to be people in any demographic, in any community that take advantage of others. But I think that the majority of people in MLMs are good people and they're just doing what they think is right. They really do think that they're helping people and that's heartbreaking. Um, and that's one of, that was one of the driving factors for me. There's many of them <laughs> um, with getting out and speaking out um, is because I really felt like I was doing the right thing. I felt like I was helping people. And so I think it's really important that we not forget that. And I think that's probably why I'm as compassionate as I am or try to be when I am reacting to anything is because I remember believing with everything in when I was in the MLM that, oh my God, these products are incredible. And this event was amazing. And this coach is awesome. And my leader is amazing. And it wasn't until I stepped back and really looked at it that I was just like, hang on a second. These are all transactional relationships. And the second that I stopped, everybody went the other direction. And so I think that it's just important for us all to remember 
that there are very, very good people in MLMs and they are being sucked in by the allure of, you know, financial freedom and this and that. And yeah. So can we double back and talk about, I don't want to talk about your friend, but I want to talk about that scenario because I know you probably get this question a lot too, but there are people that reach out to me often and say, Hey, I have a friend that just joined this company and I'm trying to get them to wake up and what can I do? So, um, I love the fact that you, that's how you found, found the anti-MLM movement was through, Hey, your friend just ordered or ordered, just joined Mona. You guys know, I call it Mona, not Monet. <laughs> and, um, you started doing some research and, and this and that, and it led to a big fight. And unfortunately, I think that that is something that happens a lot in those relationships, partly because the MLM people that are, are above that person typically say, well, that's just a hater. They're just a hater. And so I don't know if you want to kind of, if we want to, you know, kind of start that conversation just to yeah, give advice sure. to people that are listening, if they have people that are, are, that they're watching join MLMs and such. Yeah, well, for me, I feel like um, I went about it a completely wrong way. Um, I had, I like reached out to her when I saw that she joined and I was like, hey, listen, uh, here's the income disclosure statement. I don't know if you've been shown this. Um, and here is some horror stories. And I remember she was like, I don't have time to read that. And I was like, okay, well then listen to this. And I sent her a Deanna Mims video. Mm. And um, I was like, here's this video please listen to it. And I think the video was like an hour long, but it was like a deep dive on Monet. She was touching on some um, like horror stories a little bit. And um, I think 15 minutes went by and she texted me. She was like, well, she talks a lot and she doesn't know what she's talking about. And I was like, oh no, she's gone. She's yeah. gone. And she had just joined, you know? So I was like, okay, whatever. At that time, a few other friends also joined Mona. And um, I was just like, listen, I don't want to be pitched. Yes. I was like, I don't want to be pitched this. So I was like, if y'all want to like waste some money, like I already tried to reason with all of you yeah. and that's your business. So they kept trying to like sending me, oh, flash sell this. Flash. And I, I remember I posted on my stories, right? Uh, one day I was like, if one more person pitches me Monet, I'm going to throw some hands. That was, <laughs> I was just like, I'm done. I'm done. And she like DM me and she was like, I've never tried to recruit you. I've never tried to sell you anything. It was, which was true at this point. I was like, so then why are you taking this so personally? Right. And we stopped like talking for a few weeks and then I don't know, something happened. We started talking a little bit again. And then she had like a bad experience in her life, obviously as her friend from like 20 odd years, I was there for her. And then after that, uh, another creator invited me on her life on Instagram and I have her on Instagram and my Instagram account is the only Instagram that I have. So she actually happened to join as I was talking about her because uh, Uh. I I believe the other creator had asked me, you know, hey, so what is your experience? And I was like, I think the one that's more hurtful is this one. And so she reached out to me like the day after and she was like hey so I don't know if you know but I caught that live that you were doing where you were talking about me I don't appreciate it you make it seem like I'm brainwashed and this and this and that and I was like wait a minute I was like are you do you want to have a conversation or do you did you already make up your mind Mm. lucky for me she wanted to have a conversation she called me she facetimed me and she was like so what's going on? She and, and I told her, I was like, listen, I just don't want you to get scammed out of your money. I've seen so many horror stories, obviously not firsthand, but like the research is there. The numbers are there. The statistics are there. I don't want you to get hurt. Yeah. We had this really long conversation. We both cried and we both oh. like poured our hearts out to each other. Uh, we ended up like agreeing to disagree, but she, she's, I don't think she sells it anymore. She still has like a delink and stuff, but she's not like actively trying to shell it out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was like careful because I, I was like, this company is so my best friend for me. Like she, she kept telling me that she wasn't brainwashed, but then also when I brought up like the statistics or whatever, she was like, do you know that like those 
uh, freestanding T-Mobile stores where they have other stuff, uh, they make a commission off of your bill when you go pay it there and this and that. And I was like, I get that, but they pay rent for an establishment. They do this, they get, they do that. So I was trying to reason with her, yeah. but at a certain point I realized there's no reasoning with her. Like yeah. she's, she's gone. And so now I have one of two options. One, I can be quote unquote supportive and not like target her per se, or I can just drop this whole 20 year relationship, which I was not willing to do because that's, that's my girl, you know? Yeah. And um, we ended up agreeing to disagree and she is very supportive of my anti MLM content, regardless of how she feels about it. And I am respectful of the fact that she still wants to engage in multi-level marketing. Yeah. We just don't talk about it. You know, yeah. we avoid it at all costs, but for a second there, I did feel like I lost my best friend and I, it was very hurtful. It was very, very hurtful and emotional for me. Yeah. And, and us bringing this up is not, you know, we're not shaming her or anything like that. I, I just genuinely think that this is something that we really, really need to discuss because there are so many people that feel the same way that you did when they, you know, their friend, their family member, whoever joined this MLM and all of a sudden they start noticing these changes. You know, they're posting on social media a whole lot. They're going live. They're talking different. They're dressing different. They're acting different. And um, us as, as family members, I think sometimes come at them in a very direct way, <laughs> you know, um, and, and we're not, I don't think people are doing it to be disrespectful. Um, I think that it's like, Hey, we're trying to shake them out of this. And so if there's anything that I have learned over the last, well, I guess it's next month, it'll be well next. Yeah. Next month, it'll be a year that I got out, um, after wow. 14 and a half years. Yeah. Um, it's you have to wait for the door to open. And I cannot stress this enough. If I had been Karina's friend of 20 years and she came at me the way that she's talking, I would have reacted like a pit viper because she didn't believe in what I was doing because I was working super hard. I was going live and I was doing all of these things. And so I think it's very, very important for those, especially that are listening to remember that you've got to wait for that door to be cracked open. When I say that, I mean, that is, you got to wait for cognitive dissonance to show up. For example, um, they reach out and they're like, I don't know if this is the company for me, or you just start noticing that they're not posting like they were about their, their opportunity, quote unquote opportunity. Um, or they, they stop posting for a, a short period of time. You just, you notice when people are starting to kind of step away and, and, and I would say in the majority of those kinds of situations, if there's not like a personal thing going on, um, you know, like family emergencies and such, I think that that is the perfect time to check in on them and see how they're doing. Cognitive distance can show up like anger. You know, and I talk about this all the time, but when I first found anti-MLM content, I was really mad. I was really mad, but at the same time, I knew everything that was being discussed was accurate. And it wasn't just one company that I was a part of for like two months. We're talking about six companies over 13 and a half years and everything that is discussed happened in multiple companies, maybe not all, but multiple. And so watching for those windows of opportunity really to be able to have those conversations. And when you have those conversations, asking questions instead of making statements, you know? So like, for example, if somebody came to me and said, um, and this has happened, <laughs> you know, I'm not really sure, like, I love the products, but I'm not really sure that this is working for me. Well, why do you think that is? Why do you think that, that, it's not working and let them kind of come to their own conclusion. They're there. I think people are always going to respond better when they are, you're asking questions that cause them to think for themselves versus making statements. So can you imagine, and, and this isn't me obviously like jabbing you at all, but can you imagine if knowing what you know now, going back, how different that conversation would be? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I feel like um, also with the not bashing her, I want to state she's like one of the nicest people I have ever, ever met. Like, that's my girl. Like, we were at each other's kids' birthdays. That's my girl. So (laughs) um, I feel like, again, I went about it the completely wrong way. I feel like I, I triggered her a little bit with my vague post about Mona and I, I can see that and yeah. also something else that I wanted to bring up is I got lucky enough that she still wanted to have a conversation and I got lucky enough that she is the nice person that she is had the situation been flipped and reversed and I would have been the one in the MLM and she was the one trying to talk me out of it the situation would have been completely different just because I think for those of you that do know me by now know that I'm a firecracker I am very much an emotional person I try not to act out of emotion but I feel like it would have gone very very bad had the situation been in reverse so my one of my goals going forward uh with my channel and my content in general is trying to be a little bit more compassionate Mm -hmm. because I know that I tend to be very much on the spicy side and I mean spicy with not a glass of milk, not a glass of uh, water on the side, just straight spice. And I know that that can be a lot to handle for some people. And I can see why though, I can see why. So one of my goals moving forward is being a little bit more compassionate and thinking, what if the situation was the other way around? Yeah. Um, I try to apply that in my personal life, but for some reason, I've just been very passionate with my content. And so I just, I go crazy and so I'm trying to not do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to not offend anyone, but still get my point across. Yeah, and I think that you're, I think that you're going to reach more people, especially with, uh, within the Hispanic community and leading with compassion. I think more people are going to listen, which is that's really powerful, really really powerful. Let's talk about Herbalife, shall we? Because I know you have some things to say about Herbalife. Yes, I actually just touched about this. Uh, I don't know. I believe you did catch it, but we did a live with DT reacting to the Herbalife. Um, shout out to DT, by the way. She's yes. Um, to the Herbalife uh, betting on zero or whatever. Yes. And, um, that was very sad for me. Like It was very heartbreaking. I had never seen it before. And I briefly touched on it in that video. So I actually have a, a, a little story, like a personal interaction with Herbalife. Uh, one of my aunts, my, I believe it was like my mom's, one of my youngest aunts, uh, she, she partnered up with a friend to open up a Herbalife shop. And oh, they God. had it for, I want to say like maybe a year and a half, two years. And at that time for reasons I was actually living with her um I was a difficult teenager so I was living with her and she's the sweetest and she like tamed my ass down (laughs) but she was very like she was very much what I needed you know so I was living with her I was staying with her and um I would go every day at I think seven in the morning was the first like Zumba class and then the other one was at six in the afternoon. So I was there every day, every afternoon with her and her children. And at one point they did like this challenge and they were like, okay, we're all going to put in $20. And then whoever loses the most weight in like a month, uh, they win. They win the money. There's going to be a first place and a second place. And um, I think it was going to be like half and half or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a minute. I was Mm -hmm. like 16 and I'm now 33 so yeah uh, it's been a minute but um I've always been overweight I've always been the chunky girl and I think that has to do a lot with um toxic diet culture which is very much alive in the Hispanic community Mm -hmm. Uh, it's very much a you sure you want to have seconds no man's gonna want you like that that's a whole other story for another day but that was my whole that was me rebelling me eating whatever I wanted and even if I was no longer hungry just because people were judging me was like my thing so my weight has always been out of control and um and now I'm okay with it but you know like I'm confident in myself but at that time it really bothered me so when they had this challenge she was like do you want to join? I'll put in the $20 for you. And I was like, yeah, sure. I don't think she meant me any harm because again, she's like the sweetest person ever. But um, she was doing it. She was probably like, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we did like a 30 days. I was doing Zumba every like 
I think like four times a day. So it was like, oh my God, four hours because we would have, yes, we would have two classes in the morning and two classes in the afternoon and I would do them both. And I am very much a dancey kind of person. So I enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. But also I was replacing my breakfast and my dinner with the Herbalife shake and tea and also the protein bar. And then in between, I was only doing green juice because I wanted to win this money. I wanted to like be skinny and, you know, feel validated. Um, Cut to 30 days later. (sighs) They weigh us in. The whole time I was winning because I was only doing green juice, like vegetable juice and the Herbalife stuff. I'm surprised that I don't have any like lasting health effects from that. But um Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. They weigh us in, and apparently this lady who had never shown up to the classes and was the sister or the cousin of the partner uh, was doing the challenge, but she was just doing it at home. And they weigh her, and she won. After 30 days of me killing myself, she won. And it was heartbreaking. I was a teenager. I was like 16 or 17, I think. So it was pretty hard and I just right after this challenge I was like okay at that I didn't win then I didn't win and yeah. I just blew back up like nothing had ever happened. yeah because you were so restrictive because aren't those mm-hmm. shakes like 90 calories or something I think so and they <sighs> taste like chalk I don't know how I did it recently I have a friend who still has a shop and I just went to check her out you know see how she was doing yeah and she was like, you want to shake? And I was like, no, it's okay. She's like, no, it's on me. And I was like, all right, fine. I didn't want to be rude, you know? And I was just like, how did I drink this mess? Listen, you don't night? turn stuff away yeah. from Hispanic friends. You don't you, do it. You're going to sit down and eat. You're gonna, Even if you're not hungry. Yep. You're going to sit down and you're going to eat. Yep. <laughs> That's so crazy. And so you said it tastes like chalk? It tastes like chalk. And then it has like a... Uh, you know, like licorice, how it has that aftertaste. Oof. Like it's like really sour and weird. Yeah. That's what that aftertaste gives me. And then you burp all day. Like you burp it back up all day. Oh, it's disgusting. Don't do oh. it. Don't do it. If you've never tried, at least that was my personal experience. Yeah. I don't know about anyone else, you know, but that was my experience with it. And then, yeah, I think I've, I like joined challenges here and there because again, my friend, uh, one of my friends also has a thing and I want to be supportive. Yeah. Not anymore but I still before I started making content and stuff I did stop by her shop and you know say hi and buy a thing here or there because I also know how hard things have been for her um so I try to be supportive but also I'm like don't do this you're so much better than this you're worth so much more you know but it's just like there's only so much I can do and I don't want to fight with anyone else because of this yeah so well people in People in MLMs work extremely hard, extremely hard. And I think that's one of the things that irritates me the most is when somebody leaves their MLM, their former team, upline, whatever is like, oh, well, they were just lazy. They didn't use the systems. No, they worked their tails off. They all do. And they're, they're you know, when you, you break it down to an hourly wage, which is a pretty normal thing. They're, unless you're on a on, on salary in a, a, a you know a regular job that's not an MLM, uh, an, an hourly wage is a very very normal thing. Uh, so th- that part it just it makes me so mad because you know they're working so hard and they're working to basically pay their upline. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like uh, with my friend, the one that has the Herbalife shop, I I have told her I'm like you know you can do with your drive there's so much you can do like you don't have to do this and um she's like 
no, you don't understand. I do make money and I do this. But at the same time, uh, she has a, a child that's, I believe, six months older than Dio. And um, that boy is tiny because she really only consumed her life while she was pregnant. And then when the baby was born, as soon as he started having like some solids, she'd also give him the aloe, the aloe or the shake in his bottle. And I'm just like, oh, that's a baby. You don't, it's okay. It's all natural. I remember I brought it up to her once when Leo was a newborn and she was just like, it's okay. You can give it to him. It's natural. And I was like, I don't even want to drink it. Why would I give it to my kid? But also I see her point of view of I've been doing this so long. That I think I know everything about it. Yeah. And she's not willing to see. That's that's one of the reasons why I haven't chosen to have that conversation with her. Yeah. But I agree when you say that they work extremely hard because yeah. I've known her for like seven-ish, nine-ish years. I don't, I have no concept of time. But um, I, guess. I have known her for a minute and the whole time she's always away from her children her children have basically raised themselves because she's mm. always at the club and they're always home with the TV, which is fine. I'm not trying to mom shame anybody. I'm just saying, like, can you imagine if she was doing something more productive yeah. in her life where she had work and life balance, how amazing her relationship with her kids would be. Yeah. And I, I hate that for her, you know? Yeah. That's one of my, that's one of my biggest regrets. Okay. The, the loss of money that hurts, you know, the credit card debt that hurts, but the time that I missed out because I was on the zooms or I'm, I was going live or the kids were in front of the TV or the iPad or whatever that time I, I can never get back. And so now when we are hanging out as a family, I'm not on my phone. I am soaking up every second because it's not going to be that long before, you know, Mia's out of the house and off to college or whatever she chooses to do, you know, and Gavin's going to be a teenager. And, you know, the last thing he's going to want to do is hang out with his parents, you know? So like this time is really, really valuable. And I missed a lot of that. I missed a lot of that. And so, yeah, that's hard to process. Yeah. I can see where you're coming from because I feel like going into making content I definitely have had that line be a little bit blurred, especially at the beginning when you're so into it and you're so passionate and you're so like, you know, so I can see that. Um, So that's why I feel like now I feel even worse for her that she, that she has not been able to spend that time because she's never going to be able to get that back. And that is why now I think I I went a little crazy the first like month when I started making content, I was constantly on my phone, constantly on my computer. And I was like, wait a minute, this is what I critique on the MLM moms. What am I doing? You know? And so now, like you said, I make it a point to not be on my phone and not Mm -hmm. get the tablet as much. And just, we were just having this conversation yesterday. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He's trying to be a big boy and he's trying to be independent and I want to encourage him to do so. And I want to be present for those milestones, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you're, when you're in an MLM or, you know, when you're a new content creator, we can talk about that too. Cause I think that's important. Uh, it's very easy to get consumed in it because you're like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, I'm doing the right thing. Let me rush to the grocery store. Let me rush here. Let me rush there. And, and just like what we were talking about yesterday with Leo, you know, him being so independent and, um, wanting to walk and, and not being in a hurry because I can remember when I was in MLM, um, I was always in a hurry. If I had to go to the grocery store, I had to go here. I had to go there. It was like, okay, kids, let's hurry up. Let's go. Because I had, you know, zooms and, and other things that I, I needed to do for the MLM. So being present and slowing down, I think is really, really important when it comes to, these moments. Also on the other end of things, as far as being an anti-MLM content creator, it's really, really important to, um, to understand how time consuming it is when you first start. You know, I had a lot of experiences that on my own that I could talk about, but you're spending a lot of time as a new content creator trying to find content and you don't really know where exactly to look for that. Okay. I'm gonna look up hashtags on Instagram you know, and as you, as you've been around a little bit and August will be a year that I've been creating anti-MLM content. And it seems like just recently I have been overwhelmed because in a good way, because of the amount of, of information and content that people now send me. But at the, at, when you're first starting at the beginning, you're spending a lot of time trying to find content. Who do I follow? Because when you're in an MLM, you're not looking at other companies. 
you're not necessarily following other leaders. You're following people that are in your company. So you have to kind of expand and know and start to learn like who's who. And so I completely get where you're coming from. Like I got so excited and I was doing everything and I was missing out on life. And um, yeah, so if you're a content creator <laughs> and you're, you happen to be listening to this and uh, experiencing some of this, just know that, hey, it's time time to put the phone down, time to get on a schedule if you can, um, and time to just breathe and relax. And then when you, it's time to create content, you create content and you set you know specific hours and stuff like that. So yeah, that really resonated yeah, um, with me. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, I feel like at the beginning, I, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much to translate. There's so much to do. There's so much, like I wanna find my niche. I wanna find my, and then yeah. I feel like I felt a little bit pressure. It, this was on me though. I felt a little bit pressure because everyone was being so supportive. They were like, yup, whatever you need, whatever we got. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I've said it before, Aaron and JJ were the first two people, I believe, to be so supportive. Like, yes, we need you here. You need to do this, yeah. like whatever you need. And I feel like I was just like, I don't want to let anybody down. I don't want to let anybody down. And I'm still like, I'll get those thoughts from now here and there. But um, I, I, I have been thinking a lot about stuff, especially recently during this break that I'm taking, which I still yeah. don't know how long it's going to be. But I, I, I plan on approaching this as a like, my plan for the future, future is to approach it as a part-time job for now. Yes. Uh, at least while Leo goes to school. So put in about four hours, two while he naps, two while he's like on his device or playing or whatever, and just put the phone down after a certain time because I don't yeah. want to miss that time with my kid. I don't want to miss time with my husband. I don't want to miss anything. And I want to have a work-life balance. I feel like regardless of the type of work that you, that you do, it can be overwhelming and you can take your, your work home, but you shouldn't. Yeah. So really, it's really important. There's if there's something that I've learned here, is it's very important to have boundaries. Yes. It's very important to have boundaries when it comes to your schedule, when it comes to people, creators, colleagues, whatever. Yeah. I have learned so much in this short amount of time because again, I've only been doing this for what, like eight months, maybe nine months, and I'm still a very small creator. And I remember having to hunt for content like you said mm -hmm. and now I'm at that point that people send me at least once or twice a day someone will send me something I'm like this is good I'm gonna save this this is good I'm gonna save this yeah so if you are a content creator please take time for yourself I know it's exciting and I know you want to grow and I know that some of us not all of us but some of us want to like actually make a living off of this which is fine uh but like for me particularly I'm in no hurry to like be monetized or anything I'm doing this because I love it because I want to help people because I want to I want to have a voice that helps others I guess that's the same thing I just repeated myself but <laughs> no um, you're fine you, you know what I mean you know what yeah. I mean like I'm, I'm doing this not for the money and now if I start getting paid hey I'm not gonna turn it down that's but right. I'm in no hurry and that is why I feel like I have such high and like firm boundaries when it comes to my content creating. Yeah. No, I think that's important. And I, you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, monetizing content that you put out and, and AdSense on YouTube. You know, it's no, because it's not, a lot of work. Yeah. It, well, and it's not coming out of the viewer's pocket. It's, it's coming out of the advertiser's pockets um, essentially on YouTube. So um, and then if people want to send super chats and stuff like that, or become members, you know, they, they can do that. Or if they want to buy merch, they can do that. But, you know, our success as creators is not based on uh, the number of people that become members or people paying us. It, it, it comes from us creating solid content, giving solid commentary um, and being consistent, you know, and, and yeah. So can we actually double back? I want to talk about um, when you were in that challenge at the Herbalife store. And because I know you, one thing that you and I talk about is like working out and just different things. And for me, just in the last year, getting off of keto, not drinking ketones anymore, you know, gaining weight anytime you get off of something that is super restrictive, whether it's an MLM product or not. Um, that's a really hard thing. I can't imagine going through that at 16 years old and not being equipped 
to handle that. I mean, I'm a 42 year old woman. And in the last year watching the scale change, I mean, I don't weigh myself anymore, but at the beginning I did because I was still very much in that toxic mindset when it comes to my health and wellness. And so I, I, I at 42, well, 41 last year had a really hard time just understanding that you're going to gain a little bit of weight when one, you, my, my goals are to, to gain muscle. I want to look like somebody that lifts weights with that. You're, you're going to put some weight on, you know? And so getting off of any kind of restrictive dieting and stuff like that, and the gaining weight. And I mean, at 41 years old, I, I have really had a hard time with it in the last year. And I talk, we, you and I talk about that, um, a lot and how heartbreaking that must have felt at 16 to be taking in so few calories working out four hours a day. And let me tell y'all, Zumba is no joke. Okay. It's a workout for sure. It Listen, I used to do Zumba and there were parts of my body that I didn't know that could shake, that shook and were sore the next day. And let me just tell you that is not comfortable. So, <laughs> um, but just knowing what I have learned, calories in, calories burned and what, what your body has to go through in order to lose weight, gain muscle, whatever your goals are. I just, I can't imagine what that must have felt like at 16. Well, I grew up, um, I have this really quickly, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, I have three cousins, two cousins that are around the same age that I am. One of them is really pretty and like tall, beautiful, curly hair. The other one's a little bit shorter, but she's like blonde. She's like, wera, wera green eyes beautiful right same yeah and um and she I remember just growing up you know and being like oh and I'm the oldest out of the three of us by the way just comments that my family made like oh yeah you know out of the three of them la mas feita or the ugliest one is Karina you know (gasps) yeah uh, or like the chunkiest one is Karina or Ooh. I grew up in a very toxic environment and this is why I fight so hard when I think something is wrong because I, I feel like I've had to fight my entire life to just make myself seem like no like this is not okay that make people hear me I have always had to scream which is why I tend to get very loud on podcasts and on lives I'm sorry <laughs> but um, I've always I always feel like I, ha- I have had to fight and when it comes to my weight too I clearly remember things of like being at family gatherings and my my grandma coming up to me and be like you sure you want to eat that you sure you want to eat that you're about to be this age and this age and boys are not gonna want you because look at you you're trying to look at this and she'd pinch my my little fat roll and um yeah or she would be like you know uh the pigs eat eat outside or whatever like really mean stuff like mean mean shit you know and um so i i grew up with that i grew up with that so whenever i started growing up and i was in my teens and and I did see that skinny girls got more of attention and like prettier girls or whatever yeah. got more of the attention or whatever. I felt, I felt very, I felt like I had to fit into that mold. And I remember just trying anything that I could because I wanted to be liked and I wanted to be loved and I didn't want to be judged because I was fat. So I feel like aside from the very dramatic transformation that I had in 30 years in 30 days, I mean, I also had a very like it was like a mental thing for me like I was devastated when I didn't win because I had worked so hard and I felt like I looked so good my clothes were fitting better I was I was comfortable enough to walk around in a sports bra and like go in the leggings to Zumba something that I had never been able to do before I was proud of myself so for someone else to shatter that pride was like what yeah and I I was 16 you know and then I think um shortly after that I I just one day I was like, who cares? Who cares what I look like? I don't care. It doesn't make me a better person. It was just like a switch that went off. Mm. And um, my husband says I was, that's actually one of the things that attracted him to me. Because yeah. back, me and my husband dated when we were in high school, Aww. like back in 2007-ish. And, um, and we dated for about a year and then we broke up and 11 years later, we happened to like reconnect. And Aww. that's when we ended up married. <laughs> I know. <gasps> And he's like, and, and I look completely different because fun fact, and I don't think I've told you this before, but um, 
whenever me and him started dating, I was doing weights, Erin. I was weightlifting. I know. And I love I that. So good. And I like, it was like my jam, you know? Yeah. And um, so I got pregnant pretty quickly as well. And he was just like, what attracts me to me is that you don't care. What, what attracts me to you is that you don't care what people think about you. Yeah. It, you're so confident and but I had to work up up to that and it saddened me to know it saddens me to know that some people don't ever get out of that mind you know like they don't ever change their money and like value themselves and like now mm. I think this is the heaviest I've ever been and I think we've talked about this before and at this point my goals every day is keep the baby alive eat something yeah <laughs> and move because when you have toddlers, I feel like no one really prepares you for what that is. Accurate. And so I try, yeah, I try to just remind myself, I have a timer on my phone that's like, eat, eat now, yeah. eat something, whatever, just eat. Yeah. I do try to make healthier choices. Like if I'm craving a donut, I'll eat like a piece of toast with like cream cheese and an egg or something. Instead, yeah. I'll try to... Um, like move like sometimes I'll put the Zumba here in the house and Leo loves it he is a dancer Aww. just like me he loves that it's his job I'm Leo requesting videos of Leo doing Zumba I got you <laughs> um I'll go for a walk with him put him in the shoulder or like we'll just walk holding hands or something you know my point is I need to get up for at least 30 minutes and just move around do something yeah so I feel like it's very, it's a hard balance to find also. And it's a very, it's, it's disgusting that we get brought up. And when I say we, I mean the, the Hispanic girls, we yeah. get brought up to, you cannot be hairy. You cannot be fat. You cannot be like this. You cannot talk like this. You, yeah. no one's going to want you. So it's, it's definitely like a. It's um, really crazy um, too, because when you look at some of the celebrities, this is a little bit off topic, but when you look at some of the celebrities, the body that they're all chasing came from Hispanic women, the curves, the hips, you know, that, that came from Hispanic women. And, and, you know, it, it's not just Hispanic women, but it's very interesting how it is such a double-edged sword. You know, this is what society is being shown from some of these celebrities that are having plastic surgery and stuff like that to have this certain look about them. And then it's also those that are within that demographic are shamed because of their bodies, because it, it, it makes no, it makes no sense to me. Um, it really doesn't. Yeah. And, and by the way, it's not just Hispanic women. It's also African-American women that have beautiful curves about them that everybody is, when I say everybody, I mean like celebrities chase to look yeah. like. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. So um, what are you excited about moving forward, like with your channel and stuff? Well, I'm trying to come well. up with a new plan. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to come up with a game plan. There's some things that I need a, like a little bit of, uh, I would say closure on still Yeah. things that I want to put out and things that I want to do before I head into like this new chapter. So I'm thinking if it all goes well, maybe in about a month ish, uh, I don't know. There's some personal things that are going on here yeah. in my household, you know about it. And, um, and so I'm trying to see how that's going to go first before I dive back into it. But my my, I think my goal I mean, going forward is, again, being more compassionate, mm. um, being more intentional about my content, about my craft, um, while still giving y'all the, the spice, because I know that's what you guys love about me. Those of you that do know me, that's what you always, like, compliment me on. And also just um, have that work-life balance and, and be more just intent you know have more intention with everything yeah and I want to do collabs I want to do a lot more collabs with my friends because I love stuff like this I love it me too and just like put out all the information as accurately as I possibly can to my people um and try to expand a little bit more you know I'm, I'm thinking about Facebook you know reaching on to Facebook I'm trying I might do TikTok I don't know I can't promise you that 
Instagram and YouTube are like my main focus right now, but yeah. I definitely do feel like there's a lot more uh, Spanish speaking people on Facebook that yes. actually like sit there and watch stuff. So I'm considering that a lot. And, and there's a lot of MLMers that, that are on Facebook. So there's a lot of people that you can reach, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just want to be more intentional and be accurate with my translations and do the work basically you know do the work that I'm here to do and that I'm passionate about and just grow I grow there's nothing wrong with growing and I just there's so many of you guys that I admire and you know this um and I I feel like damn they're just paving the way all I gotta do is easy part translate like all I gotta do is that and and get this information out so I feel like I got it pretty easy even though it can be a little bit hard to translate stuff because it doesn't all translate like perfectly. Yeah. But you know, I feel like the work is already, and I've said this since the, the beginning, my, the work has already been done for me. All I have to do is translate it and put it out. So see, I don't see that as easy, but it's also because I don't speak Spanish. So I'm like, wow, this is amazing <laughs> what she's doing. You know, I think it's awesome. I, I love your content. I love the growth and just the conversations that you and I have had privately um, I, I love seeing you embrace being compassionate and, but also keeping that spice because that spice is who you are. And I think that that's sure. a beautiful thing. So it's been really fun watching your channel grow and it's been really fun just watching you step into who you are. You know, that's really, really cool. I think that when people do that as content creators and they're just their, their self themselves, you know, and it's funny because in, in MLM, I'm like, just, just be your authentic self. But in an MLM, what you put out is very crafted, I think is the right word I want to use. It's your, it's very crafted. What you show people, it's very crafted. What's in your stories, what's on your feed. All of those things are very, um, yeah, crafted, I think is the word that I want to use. And so showing up as your authentic self and showing your personality and who you are versus what you think social media wants you to be, I think is a really powerful thing. It's a really scary thing too, because then you're going to get people that are like, I don't agree with this and you shouldn't do this. And everybody has an opinion on what you're doing. And I'm going to, unfortunately, I'm going to quote Brene Brown. I was just saying this the other day, but she says something like, uh, everybody's going to have an opinion, but until you are in the arena, getting your ass kicked with the rest of us, you shouldn't have an opinion, something along those lines. It's not really a quote, but she says something along those lines. And so for me, that's something that I always remind myself when I have people that have a strong opinion of what I should do or should not do on YouTube or on any social media platform. It's my platform. If you don't like it, you don't have to be here, but I'm going to continue to expose and educate and do it in a compassionate way. And it's really, it's been cool watching you um, step into that too. So I appreciate you. I feel sorry. I feel like I've definitely grown these past few months, you know. Yeah. And I, 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 one thing that I want everyone, everyone to know about me, and I think I've proved this over and over again, is I'm always willing to have a conversation. Like, uh, I just had this thing with DC happen where she was like, "Why does this?" I don't remember what it was, but she was like, "Okay, so I don't want to be an ass here, but like, what do you think that? Why do you think that this certain situation bothers you, or like this bothers you so much?" Mm. And I, I gave her, I gave her, I was like, "Well, because I am Latin." or Hispanic, whatever you want to call me, Mexican, this is why, like, I have grown up around this, 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 and this, but here's the thing, she came at me respectfully, Yeah. so as long as people come at me respectfully, and, and I don't ever want to, I don't want anyone to feel like they can't ask me questions, so if, if there's something you don't know, and you don't want to be offensive to someone else, I'm always here, open for a conversation, just be respectful about it, because if you, I'm just going to reciprocate that energy that you give me, so yeah, how I respond to you is up to you. Yeah. But I'm always open for a conversation, especially when it comes to, uh, for example, her, someone who is white, trying to understand my point of view, someone who is yeah. not white. So I feel like those conversations are very, 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 very important to have. And yeah. I'm here for that. I love how respectful DC is. And I love how she's hungry for information and she wants to learn Um and she wants to grow and she wants to educate and she like she's just always so respectful and I love that about I her. I love her. I'm so gonna put much. also she's the sweetest. Yeah, I mean I know she's not on this podcast, but I'm gonna put her 
her link to her channel also in the show notes, along with all of your stuff. Um, so people can connect with you, but I think this was a great podcast. I'm so grateful for you. I'm sure Leo is going to be getting up here any minute and, um, He's gonna ask for a good amount of time. So yeah, <laughs> we're good. But... Yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Everybody go follow Karina, go subscribe to her YouTube channel so that she can work on, on growing or continue to grow. And um, thank you for sharing everything. We, we, I appreciate you. And um, thank you for having me. Thank you for always being so supportive. I appreciate you. Yeah, I, no problem. No problem. Uh, we need more voices. We need, uh, you know, people from every demographic, um, people of color in general. We definitely need more people in the anti-MLM movement to speak up. Because there are so many companies, in my opinion, that target specific demographics, whether it's the LGBTQIA community mm. or, uh, you know, people of, of color in general. And it's, it's really gross. So we need more people really just is. like you, Karina. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. <laughs> All right, my friend. Will you go enjoy your day? Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you. Make sure that you go follow and subscribe. Uh, to Karina's YouTube channel and her Instagram. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Everybody have a wonderful day.